Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome once again to Chip Chat, the weekly CMU CM Life sports podcast. Uh, it's a new semester here, and joined by one of our esteemed reporters, Joe Judd, I am Dominic Mastrangelo, the sports editor. We hope that you enjoyed your Christmas break. It was an active one for CMU sports, and that's what Joe and I are going to talk about a little bit here. Um, Joe, how you doing? Let's just start there. I'm great, man. Just getting ready to get this semester on and over with. Another one uh, in the books. I know, and it's, it just becomes somewhat repetitive after a while, but again, getting a chance to cover CMU sports, really, uh, it keeps things fresh for me. I mean, does it do the same for Absolutely. you? Absolutely. That's wonderful. We'll start here with uh, the biggest topic over the Christmas break, and really the the thing that made headline news on Christmas Eve all day long mm-hmm. um, was the inaugural Bahamas Bowl down in Nassau, Bahamas, during which our Central Michigan University football team played, Joe, what I would describe as one of the craziest football games I have ever watched. What were your thoughts? I this It was a roller coaster. Exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah. we're... First quarter, maybe, you know, we're getting two touchdowns on the board. Things look good, and then Western Kentucky just absolutely takes over. I'm not going to lie. I turned it off at one point, only to turn it on right before the very play that everyone around the nation was talking about. And they were talking about it so quickly. Um, I, unfortunately, decided to torture myself and watch that entire game until the very end. Um, and it almost became more torturous as things uh, happened later on um, in the fourth quarter, and especially the, the last play that we'll get to here in a second. Um, but for those of you that don't know, uh, we were down, what, I think, a 1.48 to 14. 48 to 14, um, and then had an incredible a comeback against Western Kentucky, um, outscored the Hilltoppers 34 to nothing in the fourth quarter, but still managed to lose the game. Now, our comeback effort was punctuated by what was regarded by many as the play of the college football year. Some are saying the century. Um, it was a Hail Mary touchdown pass from Cooper Rush to, what, originally Jesse Kroll. Mm-hmm. that featured many laterals to Dion Butler, and Courtney Williams was involved. And finally, it went to Titus Davis, who drove to the pylon and just an absolutely athletic display. Photo finish, too. It was unreal. Um, and quite frankly, uh, probably he's had a lot of touchdowns, but his most important and uh, most impressive of his career. It was his last, really. It was. It exactly was. And the, the interesting part about that is that Titus Davis was actually hurt on that play, as we reported, um, which ended up being key in the game because head coach Daniel was elected to go for two. I mean, Joe, it's the question that everyone was asking uh, after that game, and to this day still sort of think about it, at least I do. Um, what are your feelings? Was that a good move to go for two there at the end of the game? Not at all. Um, his, I guess what he said was that we had the momentum on our side, but if we had the momentum on our side, why not take the sure thing and take the momentum right into overtime? That's kind of how I felt it would be. As soon as I saw that the kicking unit was not coming back on the field, I – I just had a kind of a gut feeling that things were not going to go. I mean, it's right the kind away. of thing if if he were to call that play and they pull it off. I mean, he's the hero, exactly. and CMU has the most valiant comeback um, that maybe anyone's ever seen. Um, but it didn't work out, and especially um, on that play that they called, it was a fade route to Jesse Kroll in the end zone. Who look, they've run that play many times this year, and it's it's worked most times. Um, but I just don't understand how without your best player. Um, on the field, Titus Davis, after scoring that Hail Mary touchdown that he injured himself on, why you don't just kick the ball and try to win the game maybe with your defense or with your running game? I mean, anything else. But what you did is you sort of boxed yourself in with that play call. You went to the one guy um, who had to not only have a perfect throw, 
um, but come down with that ball. So I don't know if I was crazy about the play call. The idea of going for two, I wasn't, you know, totally against. Um, but, you know, by the same accord, think about it. If you don't have Titus Davis, how are you supposed to win the game in overtime? So um, I think it just was very poetic sort of how uh, that all came to an end. Um, what do you think, honestly, was the difference in the game, though, overall, outside of the crazy Hail Mary touchdown and the failed two-point conversion? I think, well, this is the first time all season that the team's actually shown some sort of, like, backbone resiliency when, you know, earlier in the season when the chips were down, it seems like you could see the guys kind of fold under and things just get from bad Give to Give up, yeah. But, I mean, this game, you said it, we were down, only had 14 points, outscored them by how much in the fourth quarter? Right. I mean, I feel like that's a huge takeaway despite – Win or loss. And seven touchdowns for Cooper Rush in that exactly. game. Exactly. A, a record. Yes, it was a bowl record at that point. And you just think a little bit about um, the season that this team has had, and it did have um, everything from the off-the-field issues to the controversy, um, both on and off the field, um, a devastating loss to Western at home and a highly anticipated matchup for the Victory Cannon Trophy. Um, I can't remember a, fo- a CMU football season like this one. I mean, where do you think this one fits in in the greater context of CMU football history? Greater context of CMU football history. Oh, man. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, it's – I just feel like we th- – these few teams, these past, especially this one, you know, might have might have had the ability to reach – I don't want to say a Lefevre era CMU team, but they had the ability to be that successful. Well, they definitely had the talent. Had that talent, but just for whatever reason, it's one step forward and two back with this team with every – Pretty much with everything, I feel like. That's this. I think that's a great way of putting it. It's it can be so frustrating as a Triple F fan um, to really because I got to believe that you could almost feel it on this campus at one point after the win over Purdue, and then later in the year after wins over NIU, huge win on the road. Um, you really felt like people were convinced this, this team was destined to do great things, but a loss in the Bahamas Bowl is how the season ends, and uh, so will our coverage for for now. Um, and we turn our attention. Uh, as the spring semester gets rolling, uh, to our various varsity basketball teams, men's and women's basketball, both of which are pretty solid so far. Um, let's start with the women, who have historically been very successful um, and who we kind of expected to be kind of where they're at right now, undefeated in the MAC, 4-0, and um, and they head this weekend to Ohio um, for another big matchup. Um, a couple of key injuries out of that squad early uh, during the non-conference schedule. Um, Joel Cotton and then Jessica Green suffering just in terrible, terrible awful fashion. Her second uh, serious knee injury, it's ended her, her career at CMU. Um, and that's just, that's just too bad. Um, so given the injuries, um, they've been able to manage uh, and get these conference wins. Um, why do you think that is, Joe? I mean, what is the thing that's keeping this team together? Well, I mean... It- to beat, not to beat a dead horse here or anything, but there still is Crystal Bradford. Oh, I can't forget Whether about her. she's 100% or, you know, 85%, whatever, she's still going to be out there. And, you know, the, the term, you know, carrying the team on your shoulders, I don't think really quite applies. But well, it's more than that. It's Yeah. But um, once we get more into the max season, I, I can really can see her starting to take over, take over some games and get some victories. It's almost a perfect storm of, of, of emotions and of – uh, physical talent for Crystal Bradford, who's now has every reason to just leave it all out there. In her senior year, um, when the team needs her to play just on all sides of the game, defensively, her rebounding has to be solid. She has to get other people open, and she has to make shots. I mean, it's got to be a fair amount of uh, pressure on Crystal, um, who frankly has been in the spotlight the entire time she's been at CMU. So the women look for their fifth win this weekend um, as they travel down to Athens. 
Um, meanwhile, our men's basketball team is on the rise, and quite frankly, I can't believe it. It's one of the most impressive turnaround displays um, that I've seen in a college basketball team. Joe, you've had an opportunity to follow the team pretty closely this year. Um, what's been working for the CMU men so far? Can I say everything? Well, I mean, it's, it's kind of accurate. 12-2 and two right now. I don't even know what they were at this point last year. No one Not very good. It. I know that much. They're, they're passing the ball better. Everyone's getting, a, everyone's getting a touch before they score. The three-point game has been basically undefensible from what I've yeah. seen. And like we always like to come back to the added height up in the middle. You got with Milos and Deron Scott and Luke Meyer. The, that is a huge catalyst, something that we have not seen at Central Michigan since – a really long since time. Both of, since long before we went here. Yeah. Um, the defense has stepped up. With, you know, Jerron Scott, he might not be in the game for very long. He's, he's in the game for three minutes. He has five blocks. I was saying, I mean, but when he is, yeah. you know. So I, everything's just clicking for him right now, It'll despite be, the two losses. I mean, you were gonna, you're going you're gonna to run into that from, throughout the season. Everyone loses the game, especially exactly. in the non-conference. Exactly. Um, again, that ball state, kind of a, a blip on the radar, if you ask me. Um, I thought it was just – what really got my attention was the huge conference opening road win at Toledo. Mm-hmm. Pre- predicted to be probably the best team in the entire conference. And CMU went down there and got a huge win. Stuck with them the whole game, too. And that's that's just the, the great thing about the game of basketball is that I do truly believe that it allows the teams that want it more to win. Um, and this team does definitely want it. Um, I found it interesting when we were at practice uh, earlier this week, and junior guard Rayshon Simmons told me, um, well, see, the thing is that I had asked him if that game against Toledo was the turning point in the season, sort of an early turning point. And he went back and pointed to the loss to Bradley, how they they didn't like to lose. They they didn't want this to be like last year. And at that point in the season, you're still kind of trying to figure your way through your non-conference schedule. Um, Nobody knew if this is where we were going to be at. Um, But this team isn't surprised to be here. They've talked about MAC championships since the beginning of the year. And... um, and I think they're headed for great things. I really do. Um, obviously, a tournament berth. I'd be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw them in the tournament final um, I, yeah. come the end of the semester. I'll tell you this: what they will not be finishing three and fifteen in conference play this year. Oh no, that's not going to happen. It will not happen. So it's it's going to be really interesting uh, to see how both of our basketball teams fare um, as we get closer and closer to March. And frankly, what I li- would like to think of as the most exciting time for CMU sports with softball and baseball starting up here soon, and our basketball teams in full swing. Um, we've sort of put the exclamation point on the end of our football season. And we'll be here to cover all of our spring sports throughout the spring semester. We encourage you to visit our website, cm-life.com sports. That's where you get our stuff. Um, you can reach out to us if you have a story idea or something you'd like us to talk about at sports at cm-life.com. You can follow us on Twitter at cmlifesports. We're all over the place, man. Um, or stop on up in Moore Hall at the fourth floor. We're, we're just hanging out most days, putting the paper together. Um, we appreciate you guys joining us this week, and we will talk to you again next time. Thanks.